women can focus on is being honest with yourself. You don't have to be so independent that you don't need oxygen. You don't need air in your oxygen because you can't have one without the other. So allow a man sometimes to lead if he have good leadership qualities and not try to be confrontational and compete with him if he's assisting you in trying to move forward. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Single, Holy, and Holy Podcast brought to you by the Single Life Ministry at Yanani Christian Faith Ministries under the leadership of our dynamic pastor, Dr. Mark Ellis. I am J.P. Dunbar, and tonight I am hosting a panel of guests. These gentlemen are going to be discussing with me dating in a pandemic. So they're going to be opening their hearts. And, uh, you know, when men talk, it's time to listen because very rarely do they openly communicate. So we have a really big prize and uh, men of various ages are coming on this panel to talk to us about the challenges they face uh, of dating during the COVID-19 season, as well as how they believe God is uh, examining and dealing with the heart during this season. So stay tuned as we dive right on in. Um, And I just want to lay out the platform for um, how this is going to work tonight. There are a series of questions I'm going to engage everybody in. Any of the men are open to, to, to answer the question at any time. Uh, there's no wrong answers. Uh, all of the answers are asked to be from the heart. But before we get into the questions to, uh, part of it, I just want to say that you, these current events that, um, that we're talking about right now, they, are, they show us a, a, such a desperate need for God to, to be with us, okay, and a desperate need for change right now in the earth, right now in America where we are, um, but all around the world. And so as we begin and we continue to have crucial discussions about these these things, um, we're going to start by examining Psalms 139. And we're going to just see how God has us look in and then how he leads us out, okay? So Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24 says, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, how many of y'all know that that scripture is like so very fitting at this particular time? Because I know for me personally, in when all, especially when the civil rights stuff sat on, um, anger tried to raise its head, you know, and, and, and some anxiety tried to raise its head for me being anxious to want to do something. I wanted to to invoke change, to get involved, to, to, to do something. It wasn't a riot. It wasn't violence. It was some type of peaceful protest. And so, um, you know, it, it's just like I, I want to make, make sure at this time that anything that's in my heart that is not like God, that offends God, that he searches me and he leads me in the right direction. So that's what our scripture of focus tonight. Um, so I'm going to uh, ask everybody to unmute their phones. Who we have on the phone tonight? Uh, we have men of different ages. Our younger man wasn't able to be with us tonight. He had a scheduled conflict. Brother uh, Julius Franklin, he's in his 20s. But we do have uh, Brother Ken Burton. Uh, we have Brother Adrian Hickman, Brother Adrian. And we have Brother uh, Bishop Julius Dillard in the house with us tonight, which is a very big blessing. Um, so, Bishop, I welcome. Um, we thank you for joining us tonight. And um, we know that you all are going to share a very good male perspective on the things that I have for you to um, discuss tonight. So any man can talk about this or answer the questions. And, in fact, I'll just be calling on some of y'all. So um, remember, unmute your phone by dialing star six, star six, okay? So what I want to start off with is just kind of like, just get a little background about you guys and um, how you feel 
the question, the first question is, how do you feel that your upbringing impacted the man that you are today? The upbringing, whether it was something your mom taught you, your dad taught you, the way you were raised, how do you think that, how do you feel your upbringing impacted the man that you are today? Who want to go first? Yeah, Bishop, I'm going to let you go first. Star Hello? Bishop. Hello? You press star and six. Is he here with us? We yeah, can come this, back. This okay. Well, well, JP, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Bishop, if okay. you're there, you can hang the call back and just uh, press star six, and that will let you get in. Go ahead, Adrian. Okay, well, look, my upbringing impacted me because I grew up in Houston, Texas, and then we moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana when I was 20. So it taught me about change. My upbringing was, unlike some people, I I have an excellent father who taught me not only the importance of hard work, not only the importance of giving me a work ethic and discipline, but also thinking for yourself, doing research and thinking for yourself. And hello, Bishop, I think he's back with us. Okay, I thought it worked. Okay, well, I'll continue till he comes back. And and so all those are things that I was taught uh, from my father, and my mother's taught me the balance of trying to be nourishing so I can balance out my male energy and 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 and, and having my uh, energy to where I could be very aggressive, which I am, and focus and goal oriented, but at the same time develop some kind of compassion for people. And those are some of the things that had influence on my upbringing. That's good. That's really good, brother Ken. Yes, ma'am. How are you? How all you feel? Good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Doing good. So, how do you feel your upbringing impacted the man that you are today? Well, I was actually raised in a two-parent home. Uh, I never saw my parents split up or be apart. So I always thought that my adult life would be the same when I did think about marriage because really it wasn't a goal of mine to even look out to be married or, you know, set my ways to be married. But as I saw them and I saw the life that they lived together, as being what was considered to be uh, a good family orientated, uh, you know, bond that they had. Uh, when I was first initially married, I thought that would bring me to the same spot, but I actually got married for the wrong reasons. But, you know, my parents told me, I guess, the things that others tell their children, and I even told my children, because I have two children now, that you want to be a uh, compassionate person to the uh one that you're married to, uh, in a relationship with. Before you get married, you should already have your mind made up about being that person. And to be a man these days, there's a lot of uh, temptations that could come in front of you. And I I will say this, uh, I never, I guess, really saw anything that happened with my father or my mother to make me think that they were, you know, I guess, going some other direction. So it always kept me in line with not wanting to be that type of person. And I'm kind of regular, like on the scene and talking about these things right now. So if I'm falling mm-hmm. short on the conversation or any information that you think you might need, I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, you're fine, and that's exactly what we want is to tap into the heart and just for us to just share with each other because this is how we grow as individuals, you know. I believe that that God will give us the words. That's what we asked him for, that he's going to give us the words that he would have us share tonight. And so there's no wrong answer, like I said, no right, no wrong answer. Um, so no, you, like you said, you just a regular guy, and, and that's that's what we, that's what we had intended for the regular guy that loves the Lord and is trying to, to follow His principles. That's it. So um, okay. did Bishop get back with us yet? Were we able to get Bishop Dilla back? Yeah, I had called him. He said, "Yeah, I, I, 
think it's star six. But uh, to, to, to the brother, I just wanted to say that uh, sometimes simple is the best. So uh, you being here tonight really says a lot. Some people don't have the, the, the uh, courage to do that. So just be satisfied that the Lord gave you enough courage to even participate. And hopefully we can grow each other. That's Thank you, brother. Hey, good. Amen. That's it. Iron, that's what the word says. Iron sharpened iron, right? That's yes, how it's supposed to go. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, y'all, like our present situation that we're in right now is it's calling for all of us to search our heart. You know, when we look at other races, we're asking them to say search their hearts. But realistically, some some of us have to sit still and Search our hearts, too, um, namely myself. So what do y'all think it looks like to have God search your heart? Yeah. Right now, this about. present time? Yeah. Right, right now, at this present time, let me tell you situation. You asked me how was my day going, right? Right. My day at work was somewhat tense with, I'm not going to say tense, it was, it was just like, Nobody really says anything at my job. I work with predominantly white staff at my job. Uh, out of the 34 employees who are there, right now in the split shift that we're working, there's only three African-Americans along with myself, right? Mm-hmm. So nothing is being said. Most of the guys are kind of, you know, hey, sir, hey, can I help you with anything? A lot more than they did because we always – I'm not going to say always, but most of the time we talk with that kind of reverence to each other, you know, being in a a job, you want to do that and want to present yourself like that. So it's kind of testy and kind of eggshell walking right now. Uh, I feel that. Uh, and I left my job feeling okay, but I knew I had somewhere to stop on the way home. So I made my stop, right, and ran into a little mm-hmm. situation with a brother, which really did not have to happen. And at that time it was mm-hmm. happening, I was thinking about all that's going on in the world today and thinking that we as blacks should, first of all, get ourselves together with the black crime that black on black that we do, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. it could have gone a little bit further, the verbal communication that he brought to me. And I had to bite my tongue, really, and knowing myself mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of times and in the past, I wouldn't have done that, right? Mm-hmm. But this situation was really on my mind with everything that's going on, and I say, you know what, I guess it's time to live another day, regardless of what's going to come the next day. I just want to make it out of this because I really felt like not threatened by him, but what he could have had, especially with the area that I had to pass through. And I know that, you know, a lot of younger men, uh, and I say younger because I'm 56, and I don't know if he was 35, maybe 40, but just to, mm-hmm. to see him in the way that he'd act, just in a, I mean, within 15 or 20 seconds, you know? Right. I was just like, God, you know, I thank you for that. And I've been questioning some things about, you know, my spiritual walk uh, over the last few months, you know, with friends that I talk about, questions that I have about, uh, I guess, the way I perceive things and the way I handle things and do things. And I always mm-hmm. want to be, I guess, looked at as being a good, God-fearing person. But sometimes mm-hmm. I think, you know, some of the things I may say and do, you know, we all, I guess, judge each other in some type of way. Yeah. So I just want to be. So what know, do you think? But what do you think? But what do you think? Um, what does it look like for God to be searching us right now? Like we, okay, yes, we as individuals sometimes, we're not careful, which we shouldn't be. We should be, but we shouldn't yeah. be because the scriptures do call us to, 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 to pull the saints aside. You know, uh-huh. we're out of order, but but to the non-believers, we shouldn't really be judging them. But what does it look like for for God to look through us? Well, my you know, thoughts like on everything that happened, uh, some of the things I think about as far as retaliation and what to do, they have crossed my mind. And I know right. that, you know, to say I'm a believer, I really shouldn't have that, you know, thought. But I, I can't say because I'm human, but I, I don't know what else. I mean, you know, it's like everything mm-hmm. that's going on with us and happens to us and think about all the murders that we suffered being from uh, just 
regular uh, individuals who kill blacks and cops too and all the prejudice things that we have and racist things that we have to face every day. You know, I get thoughts about, you know, why are we going through this, God? We're your chosen people. And right. not to question him so much, but it is on my mind. Right. 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 I understand. I totally understand. Did Bishop make it back to us yet, Adrian? Yes. Hey, Bishop, if, you, if you're listening, press star six. Star six, Bishop, and that'll get you over to us. Okay. So, Brother Adrian, do you have anything to say about that? Like, you know, with, with God searching out his eyes? With, okay, yes, Bishop, there you yeah. Okay, Bishop is there. Hi there, Bishop. So we just to backtrack a little bit for you, Bishop. We were talking about first of all how how the men have already discussed how they felt their upbringing impacted them and made them in, into the men they were today. Do you care to share yeah. about that? Yeah, well, I'm so sorry. I'm hitting pound six instead of star six. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries, Bishop. No worries. The right number, but I I, I just was um, confused on. I should hit. So I'm I'm clear now, right? Yes, yes sir. We can hear you okay. loud and clear. Well, okay, my upbringing is was not so much unusual in black families in that I was brought up in a broken home. Uh, initially, my mother and father were together. Uh, my father was a uh, great father and a great husband from Monday through Friday, but when Friday night come. Uh, him being of an Indian descent, couldn't take alcohol, and it, he started to fighting my mother. So I grew up under that kind of situation. And on Friday night, my mother had all of us prepared to go to my grandmother's house um, until Monday morning. And by that time, he was sober, and we should go back home. So it was that kind of thing. But in looking at that, I said to myself, because he was a fighter, and he beat on, on, on my mother constantly when he, get like, he got like that, I said to myself, I, when I got married, I was not going to do that. I said about myself and to God. And, and my wife, God bless her heart, she's deceased now, I had never touched her as long as we were married. I kept my vow. But, uh, uh, you know, that my mother, she was one who was quite passionate. She was one that loved her children. She had a very great education. But she pushed my brother and I to go to college and all of the rest of the family. So she was kind of ahead of her time. And she always said to us, if you cannot be the head, then be the next. That's the next best thing to the head. So we were able to take that and excel, and she said to us, she said, now when you come to find and look for a wife, she said, you deserve the best. So we started out with that understanding that we were not, we didn't know how to look for the best, so to speak, until I gave my life to Christ. And um, when I did that, then I was able to find my wife. And, um, and as a result, my mother was the one who impacted me and, uh, in all of this. And as a result, I'm where, what I and who I am today. That's good. Amen. Amen. That's good. So, Bishop, now I heard you mention um, that you were a widower now. How long were you married? Uh, we were married for over 50 years, my wife and I. Wow. That's awesome. Long years. I have four children, and I have three boys that are re- work that have worked and are retired. I guess I'm the only one working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have one, one daughter who is uh, in in the, is a professional in the professional field, um, and uh, and and basically. Uh, you know, God has blessed me in that all of none of my children have ever drank or smoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, one thing about the thing that I shared with them was this. 
God says that we are the boat. Our children is the arrow. And so we have to direct our children into the path that we know and understand through God that they should go. So this mm-hmm. is what I hear in all of my children. You know, an arrow can't go anywhere but where you point it. So we That's brought right. our children, my wife and I, up with that understanding. You know, we had strong beliefs in Christmas and Halloween and, uh, and all of these other pagan practices, and, uh, but we have greater understanding today because of the Word of God increasing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but my, my children, you know, uh, some of them uh, were married and uh, divorced, but then my wife and I never interfered. And we, we just were there just when they needed us. But that's how we directed them. To look for someone just like Abraham wanted for his son, Isaac. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Bishop. So now, yes. y'all, uh, the scripture that we discussed a little bit earlier, Psalms 129, 23, and 24, in that passage, David is asking the Lord to test him and to know to know his anxious thoughts. Um, some singles sometimes are faced with becoming anxious because, because they, they, they want companionship. They're anxious to have companionship. What has been your experience with overcoming that anxiousness? What has been your, your experience with overcoming anxiousness? Uh, um, to not feel anxious about be getting married or, or seeking companionship? Because sometimes that leads us to the, down the wrong path. So how, how well, do you yeah. overcome that? Well, you know, I've been down the place. My wife has been deceased for 10 years, and Needless to say, you know, um, I'm a firm believer in, in what the scriptures say. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. And it is not the job of a woman to look for a husband, but for the man to look for his wife. But having read the 24th chapter of the book of Genesis, of where uh, Abraham sought that his uh, son, Isaac, would marry in the fold and uh, back in those days. And so I was a firm, I am a firm believer that of my having my children to, um, to uh, come up believing in that, in that way. Uh, but uh, the question is, uh, how, how does it, how, how do I, how do I uh, overcome the anxiousness? Yes, how do I judge my situation now in lieu of the fact that my wife has passed? Is that the question? Actually, how do you overcome anxiousness from desiring companionship, if you desire companionship? You know, some people do, some people don't. Some are okay in their single season. And we are going to talk about that a little bit later, too. Okay, okay. Well, I I, I resort to prayer. That's the bottom line for me. That's good. I I resort to prayer. I I get up every morning, and I religiously set aside uh, after I make my coffee, of course, and while it is brewing, I say, now, Lord, I want to talk to you, and I know you are there to talk to me. And so I look forward to that time. He knows I'm coming. He knows that's the routine I'm going to take. And so he says, and he listens, and we talk. And that's how I, I overcome a lot of my anxiousness. And through the daytime, I, I, I let him know, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I want you to forgive me of all my sins because I commit sins of commission, sins of omission, and so forth and so on. And so all of these, I try to cover every area in my life in my prayer. Okay, good stuff, Bishop. Brother Ken, Brother Adrian, y'all want to expand, expand on that? Yeah, what I've decided to do, I've decided to uh, have developed hobbies. Because one thing I've learned in my single season, I remember a friend of mine say, hey, if you could be married, you could do anything. But if you can be single, a single man, active in church, and abstain from sex, and at the same time I was broke at one time, 
If I didn't go to the psych ward, I think I'm ready for anything that God has for me because those are difficult times. What I've decided to do in addition to prayer, because prayer is the lifeblood of a believer, but also I've developed habits, uh, studying information and uh, uh, physical activities like exercise, you know, doing push-ups, doing sit-ups, you know, doing those things and staying active. That's how I do it. That's good, Adrian. But like, you know, I ain't gonna talk about exercise because <laughs> it's something I need to well, be doing, you know. And and I well, thought I, that you know during this COVID season that I was gonna get into it more, but I, I haven't quite. All yet. you have to do is start walking around the block. That's a starting point. Well, I well, if I may check, hello. Yes, sir. We are here. If I may interject, yes, I love to play golf. So a lot of a lot of my time is on the golf course, and from there, a lot of my time is fishing. So I am good. You like so golfing and fishing. Fishing. Those are the two items for me because it was one of it was these were the two things that I desired to do in life. And what it does, it keeps my mind away from the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And that's good. And and, and, and and issues dealing with the opposite sex. Right. Right. Because so, I, but- I, I, I advocate to others many times, you know, no one wants to feel like, you know, you've had someone over to visit, and then all of a sudden you get into something that you look back and say, now, you know, I didn't have to do that. Amen. And so rather rather than get into all of those kinds of situations, I go fishing and I play golf and I stay out late doing Mm -hmm. the above. That's good. Yeah. So now, Brother Ken, anything? No, because I really haven't been, I guess, anxious in a, a few years. I did some dating in the last couple of years, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess because of those situations, uh, I'm not going to say I lost interest, but my seriousness, I guess, has really declined. So really, mm-hmm. that has me at a point of not being so concerned about if there's going to be uh, tomorrow with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess my mm-hmm. anxiousness is like declined because of that. I just take it day by day dealing with uh, females because you know we don't want to. Uh, look, I'm a man and I love women, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I'm like this, you know. I've been through enough dealing with them, and I'm not going any other route. I'm always stay that way. But mm-hmm. I just see things and I know things that are going on today that women of my age and I guess ones that I'm attracted to, they're doing some of the things that I really don't have to do that and don't want to be a part of right now. I don't want, you know, and, and I think if they, I guess, decide to slow down or not do some of those things, because I'm, you know, I don't want to tell anybody how to live their life, but I just don't want to have to deal with some things right now. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. So now what you're saying there, that actually leads somewhat to our next question, because, you know, mm-hmm. like you're saying, you're not really anxious or not. you kind of in that season where, you know, if it comes, it does. If it doesn't, but you're okay. So there are some single people out there who are in their single season while all of this chaos, quote, unquote, is going on in the world with the mm-hmm. pandemic and the civil rights movement. So they are trying to find their footing, you know. Um, maybe they don't really want to date, but they're just trying to find that peaceful spot in the single season. What kind of things do y'all, I heard Brother Adrian suggest about exercising and golfing and fishing, Bishop said. What kind of things would you su- suggest to single men to work on to be a better people for God, a better man for God? Well, number one, get some short-term goals if you don't have any and pursue those because, in my opinion, no intelligent woman wants a man that doesn't even have uh, try to develop himself because if you're not trying to develop himself, you're not going to try to develop others, meaning your family first. Uh, so the thing that I was – wait, say the question again. What, what would you suggest that somebody who's trying to find their footing in the single season – what could they do to become a better man for God or become a better man, period? I identify your faults and work on them. 
Work yeah. on developing your thoughts. That's good stuff. If, yeah, because I think we all know, bring something to a relationship that, you know, somebody could say, well, I wish you would work on this. And they might not say it, you know, initially, but, uh, you know, and there may be things that you see in a female, and you may hold back on them. So we have to be, I guess, honest with each other, too, as you go on in. You don't want to go in and try to pretend to be somebody that you're not, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we already know that God's will for our, for our lives trumps our will, right? Yet he hears the desires of our heart. Um, what do you think is the most important thing for, let's start here, for female singles to focus on right now? What are, like, some of the things y'all are seeing Christian women do right now that they can improve on for themselves and for even even if it comes to becoming a better godly woman to even attract a husband someday? Well, I, I as, as, as in my experience, I've always advocated young, young women to remember that it is not their job to look for a companion. It is their job to mm-hmm. just simply look nice, look beautiful, be attractive, and heal and hurt. Many women that I have met, and I, I'm like the other person, I've, I've been one of these womanizers as well, but God has blessed me after I got married to, to become dedicated otherwise. So I encourage, you know, uh, women to not go out looking for companions, mm-hmm. but just stay in place and uh, look good take care of themselves, and not look for a husband, let him find her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So allow him to find her. Anything else they can focus on? Yeah, one, one thing I think uh, sometimes when women can focus on is being honest with yourself. You don't have to be so independent that you don't need oxygen. You don't need air in your oxygen because you can't have one without the other. So allow a man sometimes to lead if he have good leadership qualities and not try to be confrontational and compete with him if he's assisting you in trying to move forward. That's good stuff. Well, you know, I, I see it a lot. Um, as a woman, I've been down that path before. Like when I was in my 20s, I was this highly independent woman. I mean, wore it all across my chest. Even as, you know, even as a believer, you know, um, before I got married, because I've been married and divorced, um, I, w- I had my own everything. I had my own house at 24. I had my own car, my own stock and mutual funds um, at 24 before getting married. And I was that independent woman, and it took the Holy Spirit to kind of show me hey, um, some humility, teach me submission, and, and also show me that there was a big difference between being independent and being self-sufficient, um, and that one is not so attractive, and that's the, the independent, move, independent woman movement, which I really think sometimes has contributed to the demise of our families. Um, I kind of feel like politically, you know, politically, it's it's kind of been some of the reason why our homes are broken. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not on the panel. I'm just throwing that out there. Brother Adrian, you brought that up about being independent, and we have to be careful, yeah. I think, as godly women, um, to allow space and room for a man to be in our lives. Yeah. Well, no, being independent is not bad. It's just overly independent. Go ahead, Bishop. Okay. Well, you know, when I'm married, you know, I, I used to make all the decisions when it came to uh, buying a home, um, buying furniture, buying cars, and I didn't give my wife the opportunity to, uh, to, to give me her suggestions. I did all of the uh, purchasing, and, and I didn't allow them, and I, even my children, I didn't allow them to 
uh, offer suggestions. But I had to learn that they were a part of my family. And mm-hmm. I got to a place where I, my bills was of such that uh, I, was, I went under. And all of a sudden, I started looking to her. Well, she looked at me and she said, now, wait a minute. You didn't look at me when you was making these decisions. So what I'm <laughs> simply saying is that sometimes it takes two heads instead of one. I know the Bible says that, you know, the man is the head of the wife and so forth and so on like that. But I had to come to a place to realize that in my situation, it took two heads to run my family. And I think that, uh, you know, she was one who offered a suggestion. Once I came to that place and Mm -hmm. she offered a suggestion for whatever and, um, you know, I listened, and I took her suggestion and made the decision. But she That's was smart true. and wise enough to to now offer, you know, the best way to do this and the best way to do that. But she gave me the opportunity to make the final decision. Amen. You know, Bishop, I often, I, Bishop, I, I often say that, um, the 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 man the husband is the head and the wife is the neck but the neck you know the, the head has the vision and the wife because she's the neck has the potential to expand his vision by yeah. move, allowing the head to move she can she's gifted we are just gifted in that area and because yeah. we uh have because we are the neck you know, some people, some women, especially today's women in 2020, those independent women, they feel like they can't submit to a man. Um, yeah. They, they lots of times um, feel like submission is a bad thing uh, or it makes them, makes them powerless. But I want to say a lot to the singles, especially the ladies that are on the phone, that influence, you, can, you have the power of influence as, as the next. You just have to know how to use your influence in a godly way. And that's what Bishop was just saying that his wife did. You know, yeah. I heard you say that, Bishop. Yes, she prayed for wisdom, and that was the way by which she obtained it. And that's God good. gave it to her. And as a result, uh, thank God, we were able to do things once I came. And, you know, my wife had a heart as big as any heart I know. You know, she was that type of person. She was a giver. She loved God with all her heart. And and when we have company, she serve them in bed for breakfast and so forth and so on. And at the conclusion of and so forth and so on, she would go and look at her closet for something she could give to the hu- the wife of the husband uh, that was at our in our home. And then she would look over into my closet, and I had to say, oh, no, you don't. So what I'm saying is that many of my blessings came, and I learned this as time went on, through her. She was mm-hmm. a giver. I was not. But my mm-hmm. blessings, after she died, I realized how blessed I became because of her giving. Mm-hmm. That is that's uh, probably one of those channels how how where the scriptures say uh, when he finds a wife he finds a good thing and he obtains favor from the Lord right that was your favor through her. That's it. That's correct. Correct. Amen. Absolutely. That's good stuff. So I want to pause for a second because I know that some people may be having questions. If you have a question and you would like to ask it anonymously, you can always text your question to me. Um, you can text it to 219, again, that's 219-852-8570. That number, again, is 219-852-8570. So you can text your questions anonymously that way, or you can, um, you can yeah, you can text them to me, or we'll have a question and answer or comment time. Uh, at any time. If you want to uh, comment, I hear some women are kind of wanting to say something. If you unmute your phone right now, star six, we'll give you all an opportunity to make some comments. Star six, and you can unmute and just make some comments now. 
Mm, okay. Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, hi. 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 Um, hi. I'm a member of UCFM, um, the ministry. Uh, my name is Vanessa, and I just wanted to say that I, I, I joined the the uh, dialogue as far as um, Bishop. You said you've been married. You were married over 50 years, but you didn't let your wife make decisions. And um, and JP, you were saying how you, um, you know, were independent. Well, sometimes a woman's independence is not by choice. It's just they have to be. And I have been married and divorced, and um, I've been single for a while. And it's like I, I, I do things around my house. I fix things. And it's like, okay, well, should I wait and sit back and you know, wait for a man to do those things for me? So sometimes independence comes by way of, you know, you you don't have any other choice but to be independent. So, and Adrian, I, I heard you say, or I heard someone say about being submissive. So it's not that um, some independent, some women, um, it's not that they want to be independent. They just they have to do, and um, and I do agree that we should not be looking. The man should find us. I, I wholly totally agree with that. So that's all about no, no. that. Thank now, you. Now, can Vanessa? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yes, now, I'm now here. did you? Yeah, did you ever ask for help? Because sometimes independence, some people de, uh, determine define independence as they don't even ask for help. So usually people don't get help when they don't ask for it. Oh, yeah. Well, I ask. Like, for example, if you need your tire fixed, you won't even ask nobody to help you with your tire. So you're going to do it by yourself when you don't ask. Oh, no. Okay. That's what I've learned, Sister Vanessa. It's like in my, in my independence, and when I refer to independence at the younger me, it was, I, I can do this all by myself. I got this. I don't need no man, da 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 That is the true independent woman movement today. Now, as I got older, I realized that there was a difference between being self-sufficient and being independent. Independent says, I'm going to do this by myself. I don't need no man. I don't need no help. Self-sufficient says, well, I have to do this or I can do this by myself, but I prefer to have some help. And there's a difference. One comes with, with a stigma, um, and, and, and a lot of single women really wear it across their chest. I got my own house, my own car, like those, like whoever that is. So I don't need, you know, I got two jobs. I got my, my, my own money. I don't need no man, you know. Um, and, and that's where I was going is that even to a degree, politically, you know, um, our government had made it a way where women could actually get more government assistance as long as they didn't have a man in the house. And I almost sometimes feels like that was the beginning of an era that that destroyed the families up. Yeah, that broke our families up. You know, so you know we have to kind of be privy to those things when we see when we see policies and procedures in place that aid and help women who are single more provided that they don't have the fathers in the home, the husbands in the home. It gives them more incentive to be by themselves. Back to the, yeah, well, further back I, to the, can I interject something in here to Vanessa, please? Yes, sir. Well, you know, the one thing I've learned down through the years is that there are women who, like Vanessa said, who wear the so to speak. That's really what she's saying. And she wears the pants, but the bottom line, when a woman wears the pants in the house where she takes charge and where, because he's not capable of taking charge, her ambition, her deep down desire is that he one day will wear the pants. She's Amen. looking for him to wear his pants. But if he don't wear his pants, somebody got to put them on. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. I feel that. We we we're gonna run into that. You know, but the bottom line is 
deep down inside, she really wants him to wear his own pants. She don't like wearing yeah. his pants. She sure. don't like wearing his pants. She wants him to be a man. But but because he is not getting the where he needs to be, she takes those pants and put them on. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, that's really what she wants. She wants him to really deep down inside to be a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I know that we all fall short of God's glory, and we all know that we're all sinners. So mm-hmm. why do y'all believe that it's, that it's so challenging for us to face our faults, the things that we've done in life, things that we did in our past relationships, the friendships we've destroyed, even business relationships, how that we may have, we may have been at fault for destroying. Why do y'all think it's so challenging for us to face our faults? And you, us men, believers, right? Right. Okay. Well, I think a lot of us want to be uh, the superhero, so we always want to look to be the right man and be the right woman in everybody's eyes. So a lot of times, it's just shame and embarrassment. Because as believers, we always want to set the good example, and sometimes setting an excellent example, you know, you know, there's this old saying, practice makes perfect. Well, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes improvement. And because we want to look good in everybody's eyes and have the right example, you know, it's hard for us to sometimes face to say, hey, I have faults and I screwed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brother Ken? Well, you know, if I may say so, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, Hello? Bishop. I'm, I'm, yes, I we hear you. We're living in the time of change, where I believe the pandemic has created a, 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 a mindset, um, hopefully among Christians, to realize God is really trying to say, now look, there are some things you need to change. I don't care how long you've been in this way, what you might have done or have not done. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for change. I think the spirit of change, C-H-A-N-G-E, is what God is really pushing in this pandemic. I mm-hmm. think in all pandemics, all of the pandemics that I, that I can recall, and I think, I think as we go down through the scripture, there was about 10 of them. This is not mm-hmm. the only one we've had. And millions of people died. But then God mm-hmm. had a purpose. And Amen. I do believe the purpose here in this, all of this, is that, and, and if you'll notice, it, during the, right in the middle of this pandemic, we get joy. What's his name? George. Uh, George Floyd. George Floyd. Mm-hmm. We get something that is, that have started. Now, come on, think about it. We get something that have started, and all of a sudden, we hear the word change. We're hearing the sound change. We're hearing mm-hmm. change on every corner. So I'm saying mm-hmm. that this is really the mindset of God in the pandemic. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Brother King, you had anything to say on that about us facing our no, thoughts? I'm and no, I'm still here listening. Oh, okay. So now... Um, this one is a tough question, y'all. <clears throat> um, what do you believe, for you, this is a personal question, is one of the most important things? I don't, you don't have to say even as, as for yourself, but as, as you think men need, men in general, what do you believe that you as a man would want to have from your spouse if God was to assign one to you right now as a part of his will for your life? What is one of the most important things you would need from your spouse? Good communication. Oh. Who's that? Go ahead. Yeah, good communication, giving to each other, advancement financially. Mm-hmm. Good well, communication. Uh, well, what I, what I would look for, in, in my companion, if I can say so, is simply just love me for me, not for my money, not for 
in the other thing, because the meaning of the word love is trusting. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me you love me and you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm looking for a woman who would love me and uh, and love me for me, not for what I have. Because, you know, and then here's another thing. You know, women go through a lot of first problems uh, with other men. And, right. And, and sometimes they take it out on the, the new fella. And my mm-hmm. thing when that happens is, now, look, that wasn't me. That was him. So don't you, right. throw, don't you throw that on me because you don't right. know anything about that you be with me a while. And right. so I'm looking for a woman who is going to love me for me. And, 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 and not be so jealous that, you know, uh, my God, I've been in relationships where if I look at a woman, I got with you. Good. Mm-hmm. And, and it, 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 it disturbs me to no extent. And so I said, now look, hold up. Did you say you love me? Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, what? Trust. You know, uh, I've been in a relationship where uh, every night she would call me. Did you uh, did you turn the lights off? Did you uh, lock your doors? Uh, uh, are you there by yourself? Come on, what do you mean by that? <laughs> so, I mean, and they didn't have on. cell phones back then, and, right? And, and women get into a mode of trusting as a trust problem, and so what All I'm right. saying is, I look for a woman that will trust me. If a woman don't trust you five five miles away, she's not gonna trust you a hundred. Right. And so I always right. say this no. I say now you're gonna have to just learn how to trust me, and that's what I do. You know, I don't ask you who's at your house and who are you is are you there by yourself and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So that's what mm-hmm. I would look for in a person who mm-hmm. would become my man. That's good stuff. But Ken? My first uh, thought was just to be honest with somebody. And I think if you do that, everything else will align itself. Honesty? Yeah. I mean, if you start off first with that and continue to do that, everything else will align itself. Uh, For as finances, for as even your coming and going. But you just have to be honest about your life and the way that you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you can't come into a relationship and deal with a person uh, doing one particular thing just to look good, you know, in a relationship and then months down the line turn and start doing other things that you weren't doing because that's who you were anyway. Mm-hmm. And the person's like, mm-hmm. I never do this. Yeah, because I wasn't being honest when we first started. I just gave you what I knew you wanted. Right. They send their representative, you know. They send their representative yeah. when you first meet, you know, you don't get the real the real person. That comes yeah. with time. Yeah. And then you have to figure out who they really are. Even Christian people, you know, we believe. Yeah, yeah. That we some of the things that they're doing, just think if somebody was doing, just say it was somebody like in the club all the time, right, and you were a person mm-hmm. who wanted and didn't mind that, right? But initially, that person wasn't doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And then months down the line, they started doing that, and you were like, you know what? I wish you had told me that because there were times where that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bishop, Bishop, I heard you talking about fishing earlier, right? Yeah. So what did he say? If you, were, if you were a guy and you spent a lot of time doing that, and, you know, it wasn't telling the person that you were with that, that's what you were doing, and that's what you were spending your time. The uh, unhonest part about it makes that person wonder, well, where is he, right? So like I said, if you just, the way I feel about it, and I'm not saying I'm perfectly right with all my thoughts about it, but you just have to be honest from the start. Yeah. yeah. Things that you ask about, the things that you talk about, just be honest mm-hmm. about it. Look, I'm a fisher. I like to fish Monday through Friday from midnight to midnight. <laughs> right? So if you don't hear yeah. from it, I don't lose my phone, I'm out on the water. That's what you're saying? Yeah, and like Brother Adrian was saying, yeah. and everybody knows this, I think, especially 
at our age, we aren't young anymore not to know that you have to communicate. Uh, yeah. Not just at those times when it's like we need to sit down and talk. You know, because when, when you get to that point, you know, it's like it's a problem. But yeah. You need to constantly talk about what's right. going on. Constantly talk about right. your feelings, like everybody says, about finances, where things are set up and how they are. Uh, and like I said, I don't guess I'm looking to get married, but I'm just speaking as a person who's been married <laughs> twice, I hate to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can do it again, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just don't know if I can say for a third time. You don't think you can get married for third time? Oh no, I'm looking. Okay. Now, brother Adrian, I'm looking. So, I have a question for Bishop. So, Bishop, you mentioned earlier I, that you. Hello. I'm 83 yes. years old, and there's nothing wrong with me. So, I'm looking. Don't misunderstand that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, so that, there's a lady on the phone has a question for you, Bishop. Um, she she has a question for me. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, perfect. So, Bishop, earlier you mentioned um, some things in which ladies could align themselves um, while they are waiting. Um, and you you mentioned, of course, of course, the man will be looking for them. They shouldn't go out and 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 look for them. Look for their their mate. Of course, um, be well presented, look real, real nice, of course, um, be in their career, their profession, of course, and uh, perhaps maybe, you know, just be working in, within ministry. So if that lady has all of those things that, you know, checked off, they, they have done those things, and they have been perhaps, you know, waiting for, you know, several years for their, their mates, their potential husbands. What are some next steps? What are some things in order to rank up, I guess, spiritually-wise for that young lady, you know, to know, well, Lord, I'm waiting on my mate. What can I do next? What are those things in order to prepare that young lady? Well, don't just get like some ladies that I have met who tells me I'm waiting on the Lord to send me my husband. Mm -hmm. When I get that and that happens, I look at them real close in the eye. I say, well, sister, I say, are you a Christian? And if God was to come down now and slap you in the face, you wouldn't even know it was God. So don't tell mm-hmm. me you're waiting on God. I say, because God mm-hmm. would send a man right here in front of you who is the right man for you, but because you don't know God, you don't know the right man. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm willing to say yeah. even myself that I, 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 it's not that I know I know God, but sometimes, sometimes the man didn't come in the package you wanted. There you go. That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see, this is me, and I'm speaking for Brother Adrian. See, for example, sometimes some of us as men are out of position. You don't wait. If you're trying to drive a Cadillac, you don't go to the bus stop. If you want a woman that reads, go to the library. If you want an eagle, you don't go to the barnyard with the chicken. So mm-hmm. the type of so sometimes what happens with us is if the woman or the man doesn't come in the package that we look at, then sometimes we miss it. And I've told women, I say, look, I want you to get a man that's broke, ugly, and stupid. And they say, why? Because he's going to always send you a person in the package you weren't looking for. Mm-hmm. 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 But, but shouldn't it be, though, that I should be able to petition God for what I want and, and he need that? Well, I think well so. let, me, let me help you with that. Now, there's something okay. that's sending uh, if I may, I'm sorry. There's such a thing as sending out a fleet. F-L-E-E-T-E. Are you familiar with that term? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. A what? Uh, sending out a fleet. To yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who God has for you. In other words, yeah. you, 
dictate the terms to God. Now, God, if this man is the right man for me, let him do such and such and so or so and such. You dictate whatever that term is. Now, needless to say, if that come to pass, you know it was God, and this obviously is the right man for you. So this yeah. is what you call sending out a fleet. I think that's mm-hmm. always good, and it's always good something to go back on. You know, um, when all else fails, you can always send a fleet. Okay. Bishop, that's good. That is really good. I, I want to add to that point. Um, I would always use that for the men that I, I the, the mate that I knew wasn't right for me, but I just didn't want to believe it in my head. And I would say, well, if this person is not right for me, Lord, let me know. And I would tell you within a, a few days I would get that. I'm like, oh, no, that wasn't it. No. But I would always – to second guess myself, but I knew it was the Lord, but at that time I wasn't really saved. So I, I, I definitely used it in that sense, but my God, you just gave me a revelation on tonight. I should <laughs> definitely use it on Write the other it down. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank That's you so much. All our situations, believe me, sending out, and I'm 83 years old. Trust me, I sent out a fleet. See? Because yeah. hey, I let everybody know, okay, uh, you know, most people will look at you and say you, you, you're too old or whatever reason they give you, but that's not the distinction that they should be looking for. It's better to be loved once in your life Amen. than to have no love at all in your life. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Well, good stuff. You guys, you men have been a total blessing to us tonight, Um, not just to the ladies on the line, but to the men. I'm sure the other men have been able to pick up something to identify with. There were some good topics that I heard, Uh, everything from things that you can do to to become a better person uh, in God during this season, from setting short-term goals, developing yourself, identifying your faults and working on them, uh, exercising. it get, you know, even more reason for us to reach out to God, it's for him to search our hearts, to make sure during this season we are living right, we're doing right, we're being kind, we're being the example that he would have us be to show his light to the world. Um, definitely, you know, just getting some tips on dating and helping us understand how to, to navigate this dating season or even if we're solo, how to navigate that and find our feet planted and find purpose and walk in that. So <clears throat> I want to invite you guys before we wrap up to to continue to look out for things from the Single Life Ministry. We have some great things planned for you. Tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., and every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., we have spiritual warfare. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your life, breakthrough in a family member's life, on your job, whatever it is, Warfare time. It's war. 5 a.m. You can start uh, being participating in that call and give tape details by texting WAR, W A R, to 225 250 1970. Again, that's 225 250 1970. And just keep, you know, just keep um, looking out for some of the things that we have uh, coming up and join in on them and tell every all everybody you know about the single life ministry at the United, at United Christian Faith. So on behalf of our fellowship director, Sister Brenda Williams, and also Pastor Mark Ellis, I want to thank all of you for coming on here tonight. And uh, Bishop, you were a blessing, yes. Brother Adrian, yes, and was. also Brother Ken. Y'all were awesome. A bless Y'all you have any well. closing words for us? Any closing right words on. for us? Keep right on doing what you're doing. Most young people today need what you're doing. So be blessed and encouraged. One thing I would like to encourage you, you as a person in charge and leadership dealing with young people, teach them how to witness. Many of our young people grow up don't know this part about witnessing. Amen. And yeah. if we that, trust me, we can make disciples out of people coming in the church. That's good business. Amen. See? Thank you, Bishop. That's good. You're so welcome, welcome dog. 
Okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, do you mind closing us out in prayer before we lead it on in for the, for the night? Don't mind it at all. Now, Father God, as we come, we just want to say thank you. We thank you for the little as well as the much. We thank you for this program and for all of the things that we have heard this day and all the things that we've learned. We ask that you continue to anoint our minds to better understanding and to reach out with more of your word so that we can be better people for you in these trying, pananistic day and during this civil movement. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen. 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 And amen. amen. Y'all go be blessed, okay? Love you all. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.